0: First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and telling me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call them out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. <laughs>
1: What's
2: going on, YouTube? Nathan back with another video presentation. Yes, I do apologize. It is 12, 13 where I am at. It's probably like 1, 13 where other people are at. I do apologize. Uh, you know, when a job you of a task of uh, that requires you to work overtime, so be it. That's just more money in your, in your pocket. Keep that in mind. Um, really quick, uh, before we get into the video, there's a few things I need to say up front. Uh, Episode two. Thank you for the uh, thank you for the support. Thank you for the love. Um, you guys were showing in that video. Much appreciated. Uh, real quick, if anybody that know that does that knows how to do intros for like YouTube channels or things like that, um, let me know because I've been really i inquiring about changing. Excuse me. This this um, this intro. I love Chuck, but I, I definitely want to change it up. So if you know anybody, please let me know. Um, so I picked, I'm going to pick off from episode two. I did the ASC division outlook for this year. I'm also going to break down in this episode, the NFC, I'm going to go over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, versus the Dallas Cowboys, which is tomorrow night. Uh, you'll probably see episode. You'll probably see that Friday evening. Um, just, I'm just going to pretty much just kind of give it, uh my, my outlook on it. I'm just going to give a final score. Um, I'm also going to talk about the Orioles. They had a eight run, nine run rally in the eighth inning. A comeback win against the Kansas city Royals. Um, That's a dope shirt. Yes, thank you, Sean. I appreciate it. I, got, I had to, I invested in my wardrobe this summer, past couple of summers, and I'm invested in more polo assassin shirts, Levi's, and different things like that. Trying to show more confidence, trying to upgrade my wardrobe. I appreciate that. What all you do? What? Um, I'm not sure, but I want an intro that kind of just for me that stands out. Um. I mean, I don't mind if it's like me doing like having like some talking points, funny moments, something like that. But this is a a kind of like authentic, like intro, something like, you know. I don't know, something like like, like what you do for your for your for your show, Sean, something like that. Um, But. I just want to talk about that with the Orioles as well on the Nationals. Unfortunately, we were lost. Tonight, four to two as well. I also did say that I was going to um, talk about WNB, my WNBA awards for this season. Uh, so bear with me. Uh, again, as I'm, I'm going to start with the NFL season first. Okay. So we're going to pick off in the NFC. We're going to start in the NFC North. Okay. So I'm looking at the North. Okay, um couple things before we I go on my rant about the NFC North. Okay. Uh I, I like the fact that Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers found a way to come to some kumbaya. Okay. Let I I I want to give a shout out to Nick Rosario let's talk football the roundtable podcast he made some great points you know what when i looked at when i look at tom brady right because tom brady is probably a better example we can make an argument and say that tom brady last year and even his past couple seasons never really had talent when i mean he didn't have a true number one wide receiver we could say Gronkowski, but Gronkowski, with the injuries, he's really a tiny. I mean, a number one our receiver, a number two our receiver. He didn't really have weapons. Okay. What happens is Tom sped up. Tom says, "You know what? He's a trophy thrower." <laughs> I wish I had that clip so I could play that for you. Um, He goes to Tampa He's showing you that Hey listen He's telling Bill Belichick If you give me some help All I asked for was some talent and some help That's all I asked for Nothing more, nothing less It's not rocket science I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers You have Devontae Adams You have Aaron Jones You have Adam Lazard You got some pieces that you can make better that's the point. We're not saying that, wow, look, just go out there just appreciate what you have. I'm just saying you have wide receivers, a couple of, I know they're not on like Devontae Adams, but I'm saying you can make them better as a quarterback in the offseason. Hey, Adam, hey, let's do X, Y, and Z. That's what it takes. Now, it's one thing or another, it's it's another thing if Aaron Rodgers had no help. That 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 matters. That's see, that's another, that's different. But what I'm saying is I'm looking at it and I'm like, okay, you eat. We, the whole off season, we were thinking, is he one out? You know, is he going to, cause he, to me, what the behavior that I saw was very Brett Favre like, and I feel like and all of this and all of this, I feel bad for Jordan love because we were not, we were going, we were this close to putting Jordan love in a situation where he would have to take over a team and there were expectations they are going to be put on him hard. And that's not fair because a guy with a huge ego who he's learned from a guy in, in, in past, who we all know is, is a prima donna, because remember, Brett Favre, you know, the whole protect my legacy, he couldn't make up his mind whether he's not even going to retire. But he goes to Minnesota, goes to the New, New York Jets. End of the story. Okay. Now, he's working on it. He got, they got into a one year deal extension. After next year, he's a free agent. Okay. Now Devontae Adams could they couldn't come to a contract extension before the season. So I'm hoping they get that done now. Hoping they get it together. Because I know that I, I, I think it's guaranteed money with Devontae Adams. I think Devontae Adams wants to be the number one wide receiver. Okay. This same team won 13 games last year. Okay. And they reached the NFC Championship last year back in 2019. Even though let's call it what it is, the, her, the their defense was very suspect against the Buccaneers, and that last few minutes, um, their offensive, the ball, they threw the ball to Devontae Adams three straight times. Makes no sense. And we don't know if that was a Matt LaFleur thing, if that was an Aaron Rodgers thing. We don't know. Okay? Minnesota, their defense was horrendous. Um, When you don't have an Anthony Barr or a Danielle Hunter and – things like that, that's a recipe for disaster. Now, I cannot see the Minnesota Vikings worse. I see some improvement now that they got the key guys back. All right. I'm looking at also to Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has made it vehemently clear that he's not, he's an anti-vax guy. Again, I respect it, that's your choice. Um, You know, I, I love Anthony Thielen. And Justin Jefferson, they re-signed Emerson Griffith. Um, they got some young guys in there. They unfortunately had to cut a, a corner they had because of domestic violence. I can't think of his name on top of my head. But um, I can I, I just I just don't see the same Viking team from last year going into on the field this year. I see a different team. Now I'm looking at the Detroit Lions next. Okay, um, if, if if you told me. Nathan, um, how would you feel that Dan Campbell was your head coach? Uh, I scratched my head. I don't know how to feel about Dan Campbell. Um, I mean, his introductory press conference as a coach was really, really great. I liked it, talking about kicking people and biting people, something like that, uh, which is very at first kind of cringy but funny at the same time. Um, This is a team. I cannot forget about Dalvin Cook. Thank you, Sean. He's going to hide high, high some issues that Kirk has. Oh, of course, absolutely. Facts. Um, back to the Lions. This is the same team that gave Matthew Stafford two one hundred million dollar contracts. This is the same team that had Megatron and didn't want to request, didn't want to grant his wanting out of Detroit. Uh, This is the same team that's been the has only had three playoff appearances in the last 21 years. Um, I cannot see the culture in Detroit changing. I don't see it. I'm a fan of Jared Goff. Uh, Me personally, I think what happened between him and Sean McVay, I, I think it was just communication. And I think there's egos. Listen, when Sean McVay came in that head coaching in that head coaching spot, Jared Goff is already there. Who is Jeff Goff, Jared Goff drafted by? Jeff Fisher, who everybody, every sports analyst and their mother wanted him fired. Which I, I can give you, I'm not going to say his name. He's also got another coach in my conference in the AFC North. I, play, I He plays a he plays a role in him getting fired, but that's either here nor there. But you may know who I'm talking about. You're hearing things about attitude different things like that those can be easily fixed you it, it's i don't care what shaquille o'neal has has to say about having or not having a relationship with as a coach with your best player that's bullshit excuse my language i think it's important especially when you're the quarterback having a relationship with your coach that matters because why because at the end of the day that's your coach. And this is the guy, this is the guy, hey, coach, what's the play? What do I, This is what we got to work on. That's something that the Rams front office should have done. To me, to, to trade and invest in a guy who was on a mediocre team, who's gotten into the playoffs twice and lost in a wild card, unproven in my personal opinion. I mean, we could all say what you want to say about Matthew Stafford. I think he's a great quarterback, but he has not shown me personally and he is a he's a guy to get you to the promised land as a chance, as a at the quarterback on a winning team. I don't know what he looks like on a winning team. That's my point. You want to say he got in the wild card when he was in Detroit? That's great. But well, who did he go up against? I want to say one year he went against Green Bay, another year he went against Seattle. And we can all point, I mean, you can also point, well, he didn't really have weapons. The, the Detroit Lions were a great team, but let me get off. Of, let me get off that. I, I can't see the culture of Detroit changing. Not anytime soon. They got some pieces I just think that are just hope that there's hand me downs until they get what they need. I like the pick and Panay soul which the uh Bengals should have gotten. Um, but I again I don't know why. I, I really don't. Um I, I just don't but what you but the Bengals make. But let, let me get off that. Stay focused, Nathan. Um, let me look at their draft real quick. I just want to see who else they got in the draft as well. Uh, you know, they, I, I like Derek Barnes out of Purdue and Jamar Jefferson, the running back. I mean, he was a fourth, seventh round pick. Al McNeil, defensive tackle from NC State. Um, you know, they got some. They got some weapons. I mean, they added Terrell Williams, uh, Jamal Williams, Rashard Pearman. Oh, God. Um, I mean, these are guys that don't sweep you off your feet at all. Now, Nick Rosario said that they had vet tackles that needed the a big name wide receiver. I agree, that's facts. Um, I just want to real quick name off their coaching staff. Aaron Glenn's the defensive coordinator. You remember Aaron Glenn back in the day? Uh, Former New York Jet. Uh, uh, he also played for the Texans. I want to say too. Dan Can uh, Anthony Lynn, offensive coordinator. Uh, put Pleasant, Deuce Stanley, running back assistant and head coach, Don Phipp, Mark Brunel's quarterback coach, Don Capers, Todd Welsh, Kevin Shepard, Seth Ryan, Antoine Mirandol. Hey, Dan Campbell did a good job getting some coaches in there. They can really teach some of these young guys a couple things. So hey, I, I mean I, I I I like I like the coaches. You know, and Don Capers has been in the league for quite a you know been, been a minute, but I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at it at all for the coaches, but I'm not sold on the team. I'm not sold on the team. Let me go down to Chicago. We all know this year, Matt Nagy after this year, Matt Nagy's fired in my personal opinion. We we know that. Um, To start First and foremost, I think you're, for him to really keep going, selling us on Andy Dalton, exactly, exactly, um, on Andy Dalton. Because I keep hearing in a couple of press conferences, well, he's a starter, he's a starter. Um, I don't know when that's going to happen, and I don't know how long Andy will be starting until thunder um, until Justin Fields is ready to be the starter. Now, personally, I would not like to see Justin get a few more touches, particularly in that game against Buffalo. He was with the threes and the fours. I really like to see seen him more well with the ones and the twos, but this is the same franchise that drafted Mitch Trubisky. Um, I, I really, really don't know what they're going to do. I have I really see honestly both Trey Lance and Justin Fields starting at the same time, probably sometime around week six, week seven of the season. Um, but if you're saying Andy Dalton can manage this offense going forward, I have questions about that, but I know, I think we we all know Sean, he knows he's on the hot seat. He knows that this experiment, this, this fails, He's done after this year, just so when I look at it. But anywho, I have Green Bay winning the NFC North. Um, I have – we have 17 games. They'll most likely win 14, 15 games easily. Um, I'm only concerned with Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, the same thing we talked about with Lamar Jackson in, in early today's episode, getting COVID. Uh, that, that that that's a setback on the team. Um, and again, just me personally, if we're trying to compete for a playoff spot and my best player gets down with COVID that, that, that sucks. Uh, you're right. That's why I think Dalton is just starting from exactly. That's what I'm thinking too, Sean, absolutely right on the money. Um, let's go <laughs> to the NFC South. Okay. Okay. Um, Couple things that stand out to me about the NFC South, you know, obviously we got you know Mr. Trophy Thrower, uh, Tom Brady. Um, Drew Brees is not here after this season. um, This year still kind of is hard to process because I again I've been a fan of Drew Brees since his days in San Diego. Uh, he definitely, you know, was one of the re- one of the key players for winning that franchise's uh, Super Bowl after Hurricane Katrina. Did so much for that city. Um, I know he wasn't the same Drew Brees last year, and even the year before. But Tampa Bay, they brought all twenty two starters back. My only issue is it's hard to repeat. It's not easy. Um, you know, they got the same team, but what's the what's the hunger like? You know, some guys gotten their pe- some guys have gotten their money, and when some guys get their money, they kind of start getting lazy. Just my opinion. Um, I'm looking at the Saints. Okay, Michael Thomas won't be back until like week six, week seven, but you know we already have some drama with that. I talked about that in what episode thirteen, last season two, last season two, about the whole. Why did he put off surgery until now? When the doc, when they told him to get the surgery as soon as possible. Um. <laughs> um, now, I have to get to Jameis Winston. Okay, let let we, we we say what you want about Jameis Winston, and, and and I have to again once again give Nick Rosario some I, he he brought up a good thought. Lastly, the year he was in Tampa, he threw for five thousand yards, but at the same time threw thirty three interceptions. What he was trying to say was that's great he threw for five thousand yards, but we're looking at the interceptions. What had more value? Because we knew like last year, the year last that, that year in Tampa was his last year to prove that he should still be the starting quarterback in Tampa, even though I think coaching and play scheme played a role into it, but that's either, that's, that's either here or there. I've always believed in Jameis Winston. You know, y'all can make fun of him with this crab leg stuff, crab, crab leg stuff. And you know, uh, this, this is a W all that stuff like that. Um, I believe Keep in mind, his coach that year in Tampa, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians is this quarterback guru. Um, I apologize for the thunder in the background. Uh, when he, Bruce Arians is in Arizona. Who'd he have? Carlson Palmer, okay? Jameis Winston. Again, quarterback guru. Didn't really fix him. Good point. Now, this is the next point I wanted to bring up. If you look at the first five years of James's career versus the first five years of Drew Brees's career, they're very similar. Again, trust your eyes. Shout out to the regular Ravens fan, okay? Now, he's with a guy, Sean Payton, who we all worldly recognize as a coach who will sit down and work with you to be a great player. That's not really Bruce Arians. I think the system in Tampa and I think coaching – Plays a role in developing a quarterback, any player. I'm, i I've said it. Uh, child, the ads on from Washington Football Weekly and Let's Talk Football. We've both said it. That that W thing is yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why he did it. It was funny. Just makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. But we both said it. I personally, I mean, I I, I, I was just being you know. Being jokingly, I me I get hyped, you know, as a football fan. I believe Jameis Winston's gonna have a Pro Bowl year. I'm not gonna go as far as saying MVP, but you're gonna see a different Jameis Winston. Why? Has he learned behind Drew Brees and Sean Payton? Now, giving Taysom Hill that ridiculous contract, which is pretty much unguaranteed. Um, I mean, they're probably still use the same the two quarterback system with Jameis and Taysom, which is fine, okay? Now, now that Michael Thomas is gone, you really don't have weapons other than Alvin Kamara. Now, this one kid, when they played against the Ravens in the preseason, Jameis had him. It's like a number two, number one wide receiver. I can't think of his name on top of my head. He's a good little wide receiver. Matter of fact, let me do my, uh, let me look him up real quick. a good little wide receiver i cannot think of his name on top of my head please forgive me that's going to, that's going to bug me where is he marquise calloway Oh, little Jordan Humphrey plays for the, wow, I didn't know that. Uh, Callaway. Thank you. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Watch watch out for him. Watch. Good little wide receiver. Okay. Undrafted at a Tennessee. Watch. Just saying. Um, Bruce Arians got his guy, and I think Sean Payne has his guy as well. I think Breeze and Praden have groomed him well. you just said that. Bigs up, big ups, Nate. Exactly. Um I'm just looking at. I'm looking at that, but uh, I'm looking at the Saints roster depth chart, and you really. And the, the, can can I just give you their wide Can I just give you the wide receivers? Marquise Marquise Calloway, Dante Harris, Chris Hogan, Little Jordan Humphrey, Ty Montgomery, Traquan Smith. Those are your wide receivers. Now, Traquan Smith. At a UCF. Great little college player. I think he was AAC Rookie of the Year. One year. And I think he made like a second all team back in like 2016, 2017. Okay? And you got Ty Montgomery, a former Raven, Packer, and Jet. Um, I don't know how to feel about that. I really don't. But that's, that's your offense besides Alvin Kamara. So you know you, you have you just, they just they actually just cut Lavarte's Levar, uh, um Murray cuz of salary cap and the saints they got some they they are operating in the red that's not good going into the season operating red you know they tried to raise the, they raised the cap and then the red even 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 more and bear what do you mean and bear um, and then there's the Carolina Panthers, um, and the Falcons. The Falcons, I really think they should have went just in a complete rebuild. Uh, I to me, again, they just showed that they're willing to keep Matt Ryan around. I had them taking Mac Jones. Uh, I like Kyle Pitts, uh, that pick. I feel like he should have been higher. Um, you got um. Oh my God. What is his name? His name escapes me. Calvin Ridley. Never mind. I'm thinking of Cordero Patterson. I think he's with the Bears still. I want to say. Um, then there's the Carolina Panthers. I mean, you got Sam Darnold, who was in that same class with uh, Lamar Jackson and and Josh Allen and those guys, and uh, I blame again. I blame Adam Gase for, poorly, for 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 setting this kid up to fail in New York. I really do. Uh, I feel like he I feel like he had it in New York, but you have a coach that showed the football world that he was really not. He should never have been. Enough, he should not have got. He should not have gotten another opportunity, but he somehow got it. Uh, I personally hold him. I blame him for really poorly developing this kid, and we set him up to fail in New York. I hope now in Carolina. Uh, with, uh, what is it, Matt Crory? I'm going to say, I know I botched that. I'm coach, coach Matt. No, Matt, Matt Rule. Matt Rule, that's his name. Um, you said they had Ty Montgomery, and I see he was on the bench. But I was like, oh, no problem, I got you. Um, so, the, 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 the NFC South, I, I, I'm going to respectfully give it to Tampa Bay, But right behind them is New Orleans, Carolina and Atlanta are a distant third and fourth. I had like the wild card is going to be New Orleans if it's a big if. Michael Thomas comes back and that and and Sean Payton gets these guys, these boys that are in his place to step up. That's what matters to me. Um, Now. It's a toss-up, the wild card. we got three wild card spots. But I'm going to say with the asterisk, New Orleans, okay? Let's go to the NFC West. A couple things. Um, this is arguably – this was tough, okay? You got the San Francisco 49ers, okay? They got their guy in Trent Lance. I thought it was Justin Fields. My bad. Okay, we know Jimmy G, great quarterback, but the best thing about a, a accountability is, is availability. And Jimmy G has not been on the field. He's missed a lot of games due to his due to injuries and not staying healthy. I understand that he was there were just a couple plays away from winning a Super Bowl. Personally, I think it was miscommunication. I think it was it was a bad throw. We, we we can all agree on that. It should not have happened. But I think San Francisco is just looking at it from this perspective. Yo, no, man, we got we just need we we got to get somebody else. We just got to go in a different direction. Jimmy G is great. The disrespect, and also too, let's keep in mind this team had a lot of injuries. They're getting a lot of these guys back, minus Richard Sherman, who's a free agent who should still who should be on the team. But that's just that's neither here nor there. Okay, now I'm not going to sleep on the Los Angeles Rams. Even though when I grew up, because I'm young, they were the St. Louis Rams. I know they were the Los Angeles Rams back in the day because of, you know my dad and told me all the stories with the Great Earl Campbell and those guys. Um No, not Errol Campbell. Eric Eric Dickerson. I have that right. Eric Dickerson. My bad. Not Errol Campbell. My apologies. Um, anywho. I'm not sleeping on that defense i i i i just am just i gotta see what matthew stafford looks like in this situation now that's the only thing i have because again when you invested three first round picks into a guy who was who's been with a a, a bad franchise for 12 years and it has taken two 100 million dollar contracts and seem to just be happy with the situation he's been in, and you don't you don't check your franchise and saying, "Hey, you gave me these contracts, but you're not giving me the help." I, I got to see what they look like. Okay, now I'm not also to I got to take a consideration. Seattle Seahawks last year, they were 12 and four, but I'm looking at the Seattle Seahawks. Off, they got to give they have they have not addressed the offensive line needs for Russell Wilson. I'm gonna say it right here, and I'm saying right now, and Sean Smith, can, 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 and he, you can use it as a clip, record it, whatever. If the Seahawks do make, if they do not make the playoffs, Russell Wilson will demand out of Seattle after this year, guaranteed. Now, you have the Arizona Cardinals. Um, they started out really well, and then they just down the stretch faded a little bit. They have all the star power. I know Chandler Jones went out of there still. Uh, I would like to see him still, if it's possible, to see if they can get him to come to Baltimore because we could definitely use another pass rusher. Um, this is arguably probably one of the best divisions, in my opinion. They have they they have each team has talent, and the coaching is so par. no question about it. But I'm gonna have to give it to the Los Angeles Rams. I I, I see the Rams just being just being the division winners. I mean, Aaron Donald is the best, arguably the best football player in the league. Um, again, if I need to start building a defense, he's he's one of my picks for sure. Um, Jalen Ramsey's no joke. Uh, even though this can, can get in the way sometimes, but his play does back it up. Uh, again, I just got to see what Matthew Stafford looks like. Their window to win a championship, ladies and gentlemen, is two, three years max. In my personal opinion, Uh, they got to win. Even if Seattle makes the playoffs, I still think Russ wants out. Oh, for sure. I agree. I agree. I agree. That was my pick for sure. Um, So we're going to (laughs) we're going to get into the NFC East. Next. So this was the most mediocre division last year. This was like watching the American League East of baseball where you only really have two good teams up until last few years where it was now Tampa and now Toronto. and then Baltimore at the bottom, but again, neither here nor there. Um, I'm not taking anything away from the Washington football team. Uh, my only question about the Washington football team, I just need to know a couple things. stabilizing the quarterback position, is Ryan Fitzmagic going to be starting all 17 games, or do we see him starting 10, maybe 11 games, and then we're going to see what Kyle Island, Kyle Kyle Allen, or Tyler Tyler Heineke can do? Okay, now I'm also looking at that front seven on the defensive side. They got to set the tone, and they set the tone. It's it's. I'm telling you, it's a done deal. Washington's unstoppable, in my personal opinion. Um. I'm looking at the Dallas Cowboys, okay? They just gave Dak his contract. They're getting back. You have Ezekiel Elliott. They got Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb. The only mediocre issue I had with Dallas was their horrendously bad defense last year. Um, I don't know if it was scheme. I don't know if it was coaching. Again, I said this in the Ball Pit podcast. I can attest to it. When they played the Ravens. Uh, they made JK Dobbin, Gus Edwards Lamar Jackson I mean just ran over them Tyler Heineke Heineke's always ready Clark Collins a clipboard holder okay all right um, then there's the Eagles and then there's let we well, start with the Giants I, I think it's I think it's a little unfair to and and, and, and we're going to our year three three with Daniel Jones after three years we're kind of, I, I don't want to, I don't want to say move. I don't, I, I don't want to say move the goalposts. We're kind of holding him to this high standard where, well, if they don't win, it's time to move on from Daniel Jones. I understand he came from Duke university. I, I get it, but I, I think it's unfair to, to judge a guy after three years with really no help other than Saquon Barkley. I mean, you, he's got Kenny Galladay, he got a couple other other weapons, even though they didn't really upgrade their offensive line they lost uh, the right guard, Kevin Zettler, to us, who came to Baltimore. I, I just think it's a little unfair to criticize Daniel Jones like that without really giving him – to really see what he could look like this year and maybe next year with talent. Because I, I feel like New York is – the Giants are building something. But I think Dave Gettleman is, is – is, is he's got to really – he's got to see it. I think it starts with Dave Gettleman. If Dave Gettleman doesn't see the bigger picture, then the Giants, I, I don't know where they could go. Um, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, I, I don't know what's going on in Philadelphia. Um, a, again, I, I, I hold at what year is it okay to judge a quarterback? I say year five, five years. Um, I Because I, I, if we're drafting a guy – Particularly that high, five years max. Um, I'll, I if you push me, I'll say four. But can we truly? Can, can we? Is it fair to criticize a quarterback that's had really no wide no no talent, no re- good wide receiver like reliable wide receivers? That's that I think that's a fair question. Uh, I don't know what's going on in Philadelphia. Okay. This is what I'm talking about. Hold the front office accountable. You had a you have a GM and Jeffrey Lurie. He got they got rid of the they got rid of Carlson Wentz. They fired Dark Doug, Doug Peterson. I'm looking at Jeffrey Lurie. His his he's on the hot seat this season. Okay. And the Philadelphia Eagles, let's just um, let me just get let me just go over the moves that they made. Hold on. me one second. Let me pull it up. Because I, I think it I think that I like Justin, uh, Jalen Hurts. I think it's it's a little. I think looking at this hindsight twenty twenty, you know they're kind of back and forth about well, do we start them? Do we not start them? Different things like that. I, I, let me just point this out. They look at the death chart, okay, JJ. R. A Whiteside, Jalen Reger, they drafted Devontae Smith, Greg Ward, Quez Rockins, Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Jack Stahl, um, Boston Scott, Miles Sanders, Gardner, they just traded for Gardner Minshew, Joe Flacco. Um, looking at the same line offense, Team last year, this is the same team Carlson Wentz had, and a lot of it was injuries. Had injuries. But again, I, I hold a certain journalist and 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 for for, for, for destroying his confidence in Philadelphia with Carlson Wentz. Um a lot of things play in that part. The system, lack of talent, coaching turnover, and sometimes the guy is just a bus. A la Josh Rosen, but is that Josh Rosen or is that team? Because sometimes it may not be the player; it may just be your coaching staff. I mean, you said it right there: coaching turnover. Because, um, for example, can we can we question? Can we can we legitimately say Tim Couch was a bust in the five years that he was a starting quarterback in Cleveland? Because he did not have he did not have talent around him. He didn't have a running game, and he had. A OK wide receiver, maybe you know, two decent wide receivers and the rest were mediocre. Um, I'm going to say it right here, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be a lottery pick team. I actually have them winning no games, but I actually have I see them have the number one overall pick. Um, I don't think no team. Not seeing, no, let me take that back. They're not going to go on 16, but I do think they're going to have the number one overall pick. I do see them last place in the NFC. East, but uh, my division winner for uh, the NFC East,
3: Uh, let me play the clip. So now it's down to the number one team in the league, our number one team in the division, and that is my Washington football team, boy. Talk about right right there. Honestly, you cannot say anything about this number one defense. (laughs) This number one defense in this league, okay. You may may make that I did not say I did not say number one defense in the division. I said number one defense in the (laughs) league, okay. Okay, you cannot say nothing, okay? And we upgraded on the in every position that we were weak at. Offensive line is straight. What you saying? What you say? Offensive line is straight wide receiver straight. You know what I'm saying? You ain't going to say nothing, man. You know, wide <laughs> running backs, we picked up an undrafted free agent that might be the next. Look, the next. Let's go, baby. Maurice
0: Jones Drew. <laughs> You're the made what? Nate tap out, and Nick is just over here eating his butt. He's like, I got to get my popcorn for this. What? Come back, baby. What? You know what I'm saying? Hey, in, the back, next year,
3: in the next year, we're going to have the best running back duo in the league. What do you Ooh. want? So honestly, Ooh. now all that you can say is about our quarterback. What is you trying to say? Oh. We upgrade in that position too. I, okay? I got one thing to say. Okay. No, you ain't got nothing to say. to say because I'm still talking right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, Dave, I'm coming to you next because <laughs> I want to <so>, tell you. Know, <laughs> I'm still talking right now. Okay. You are killing me, small. I I've, I've seen worse quarterbacks make it to the Super Bowl, okay. So you really can't say you give Ryan Fitzpatrick a chance, my boy. We're gonna do something. You cannot tell me nothing about this team right now. Right now. Only if you say healthy. Right now. <laughs> you can't say nothing, okay? So we're not I'm not even gonna I'm not even about to go into next year because I have an argument for what our team is gonna do next year. But I tell you this right now, we're running mm-hmm. the division we're running a uh, a playoff game we might win too Ooh. we Ooh. might win too okay so don't we might be the might be the team coming out of the nfc so oh really we, hey, when, hey. when i talk about this team you listen okay so i'm just trying to tell you this team is legit you better watch out for this team. And honestly, I know your argument is that if they stay healthy, honestly, though, if they stay healthy, we are legit a Super Bowl team. Get out of my face. <laughs> Let's go. Thank, thank you, Deacon.
2: <laughs> that is your division winner. I have a Washington football team. <laughs> What's going on, man? I have them winning the division. Um, I, 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 again, they're in the division. Last year, it was really, really hard to watch some of those games uh, uh, from each each division, each team. Uh, I, 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 my eyes, I, we the, the NFC East it, it was, it was a little bit is more respectable than that. And granted, we get, I mean, we could talk about COVID and different things like that. But Washington made a lot of moves. The only thing is now I'm not feeling that Curtis Samuel is out again. He's out another injury. Um, I'm not comfortable with that because we did give him a lot of money. Um, And again, when you give guys money and injuries start creeping up. uh, Much like that video. Yeah, I had to play that because I had that. That was a surprise. That was a surprise. So. My only thing about again, like I said, the quarterback, it could. My, my, this is, I, I need to know if Ryan Fitzpatrick will start just maybe 10 games, 13. I can't see him starting all 17. Uh, I know we talked about, you know, getting Cam Newton here to Washington because he knows the coaching, he knows Ron Rivera and different things like that, but I don't think that would be fair to, uh, I don't think that'd be fair to, to Ryan Fitzpatrick because I mean they kind of they, they kind of set him up with the whole you know what, what happened with Miami. We're going to start Tula and let you go, but um, so my wild cards now you're gonna you, you might think I'm crazy. Arizona, San Francisco, Chicago. On paper, I, I think the Bears have a team to get there. Cause they they've gotten it. They, Mitch Trubisky last year, I might be wrong, last year got them into the playoffs. Because remember, Nick Foles started in that first half of the season and then and then Mitch Trubisky got him there. I think they won eight games. I couldn't let me just let me just hold on, let me just check my fa- let me just make sure I check that correctly. Hold on. Wait, wait, wait. Yes, they lost in the wild card against the, the uh, 49ers. Um, yes. So, again, not saying uh, Mitch Trubisky was the reason. I'm just saying that on paper, I, I think the Bears have the team that is not that, that. I'm not saying it's dangerous, but it's respectable. You got Marquise Goodwin. You got um, Allen Robinson. You got Darnell Mooney. Um, you got Brashard Perriman. Lord have mercy. Um, you still got Jimmy Graham, even though he needs—he's still in the league. I thought he would retire, but no, Jimmy Graham still—he's still—he's uh, still a respectable off player. You even got my man uh, Jesse James. The offensive of line is straight. Only my man—my man's Tavon Jenkins is out. He got back surgery. Uh, Tariq Cohen is on the physically unable to perform list at the moment. Mario Edwards Jr. is suspended for. PED usage. Um, I mean, I'm just not I'm looking at some of the guys that are on here. None of these guys are on the IR. I mean, on the the practice squad stand out. But that defense is still respectable. But this is a a defense that's getting older. Getting older for sure. So. Random question, is the depth of QBs coming to college that bad where, to where we're really trying to take Cam's place, Tom's place, and Matt's place instead of new talent? Didn't Cam start out of college? No, it's not. It's, it's not really. I, I wouldn't say it's the depth of quarterbacks. It's it's a results-oriented lead, okay? Um. It's more about system. I'm gonna put this comment up here because Sean, Sean Spencer, Sean made a good point. System, lack of talent, coaching turnover. Some guys just don't work on a team. Great example, Tim Couch. Okay, we can all argue he was probably one of the biggest busts in the game with Cleveland. But I can make an argument and give you in those five years he was a starting quarterback, he had no talent, no all, no like he didn't have he didn't have a number one wide right receiver, didn't have a running game. Uh, didn't have a tight end. Did not have weapons. Now, you got to understand this about guys like Cam Newton. Cam Newton is not the same quarterback he was when they win the Super Bowl against Carolina. Not the same quarterback. I think age, and I think also, too, guys just after a certain while, they just are not the same. Tom Brady. Um, he left New England because he and Bill Belichick couldn't coexist, even though I think that could have been a relationship that could have worked out. Matt Ryan. The Atlanta, he has a contract, you know, it, it, it's hard to get, it's hard to get rid of a contract like that, especially when you're giving quarterbacks that kind of money, because that's, that, that's, that's salary cap. That's something that a team may have to pay. Um, it's just, that's just the reality. That's just how this, that's how the NFL works. Now there are quarterbacks that come into the league, I think prematurely, and they're not ready for the NFL yet. Um, me personally, like Tula, I think Tula could have benefited staying in college another year. Even I want to say, I want to say he was a senior. I may be wrong. Let me just, let me just double check that. Yeah, he was a junior. He could have stayed his senior year to me, just to, to help him develop better as he passed. And then on top of that, you come into, you get into the draft with that injury. That's not easy. Um, Mitch, got, Mitch got benched after leading Chicago to three and all start. Foles on him a couple more wins and they split the time most of the rain that season. Facts. They did, yes. I know that's random. I'm just tired of that like the new school player, the new school of players is not good, especially at their age. My bad. are you making your boy think. No, I don't think that. It's it's more about um, again. There's some guys that could benefit staying another year in college. I think that, that that's I think that's that's why I think we need to have that kind of that, that's what I think. Some guys could benefit, like Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, Justin Fields. They're generational type quarterbacks. Lamar Jackson, another example. Baker Mayfield's an example. Josh Allen, those guys are generational talents. As a guy like Mac Jones, we don't know. Josh Rosen. I don't, I mean, he was at UCLA, UCLA, no disrespect. Sam Darnold. It's all about system, talent. And again, like, in, in, sometimes I think those, those are two big things coaching, system, and talent. Those are my, excuse me, three things that matter when you, when you have a quarterback. Say, I give you that. I'm saying with Tebow. Um, So, I mean, that's the, that's the NFC, that's the NFC conference outlook. Personally, um, you let me know what y'all think. That was tough. Um, Damn, I I mean, I I had to play that video for Sean uh, because that was really tough. You know, the NFC East, I really hope it's better. I actually have the Washington football team winning 11 games um, easily on paper. Uh, I'm just not so in Philadelphia. I, I see the Cowboys. That defense I just, uh, I I don't know. I mean, I have them second. It's this, this this Washington, Dallas, the Giants, and the Eagles. Um, I can go on the same rant about Baltimore. Um, I think real quick, I have Baltimore winning thirteen games. Um, I'm going to actually go on that. Let me actually. I'll just do yeah. Actually, I'll hold that real quick. I'll hold that for the next. For Friday's episode four, I'll go by wins. It makes more sense. I'll go in depth about that. So that's scratch that from the record about the records, but I'll get more into that in episode four. But you let me know who you think your divisional winners are uh going forward for the NFC and also the AFC VNC in episode episode two. But um really quick, I wanted to talk about, hold on, real quick, let me add this as a banner. Because I did not talk about her in the previous episode. And I do apologize. I had it in the description. And it, it just I hadn't had not that opportunity to do that. Uh, Shakari Richardson. Um, I cannot really say much. I don't think, I wouldn't say I've been a critic of her. I, I've just been an observer of her. And I, I really don't think we see I, I let me let me let me start by saying this okay we have to be careful when we because i, I hate this. We, we we've created a frankenstein what i mean by that is you know after that that loss where she came in last place she she very bitter and it just seems like no, no matter what she's doing, you know, I'm seeing it on Twitter, you know, she's still taking shots at the Jamaicans for, you know, in that race. Um, you know, you even had Allison Felix, who's probably one of the best track and field runners. Washington, Green Bay, Tampa, uh, Division of the NFC. Yes. Yes. I agree. That's my list. That's my list, sir. I'll give you that. Same with Tebow, for sure. Um, When you had Allison Phillies really trying to give her advice, and you know, just give, just you know, give her words of wisdom, and took a shot at her by saying it's not genuine. You see, like. We, like there's, there's 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 nobody in really to me in my personal opinion that's truly in her corner to say hey wait a minute like you have somebody is trying to give you some 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 words some criticism so just some some words of wisdom you know she I have the quote here she said she's been through so much I hope that she's just supported. I hope that people rally around her. Obviously, she has a great personality. She's brought a lot of attention attention to the sport. I think she'll be in the sport for a very long time. I think just more than anything for all athletes, there's so much to go into it. We just, you know, give her the support that she needs. And then she turns around and goes encouraging. This is what Shikari says. Encouraging words on on TV shows are just as real well as nothing at all. That's ignorant to me because... Then it goes, then she puts up another quote, don't be a good person, but be a good person, but don't waste time proving it. So we obviously know that she responds, she, a she respond, she, couple things. She doesn't like taking take criticism well. I don't think Allison was giving her criticism. She was saying that she's hoping that there's support because you would think that somebody in that circle would, would, would pull Shikari to the side and say, hey, yo, like, Wait a minute! Like you just you came in last place, you know you you, you very uns Very unsportsmanlike. Listen, I like the, the the attitude about you know we we ain't we, we, we ain't going nowhere. We staying strong. We coming back. I I I, I love the energy. I I appreciate that. But I, I think when when you when, when you say, like, again, I, I've said this all, I've I, I've said this religiously. Any athlete, athletes get all the play, get all the praise, all the glory, they're going to get the criticism. And when she came last place in that race, the media was coming for her, particularly after the whole thing, you know, when she tested positive for TCH. Okay? She came into that race, we were looking like oh okay with all due respect she got smoked but she has to be careful because at some point she's going to be burning bridges and I I really do hope that she she takes a step back and looks herself in the mirror and goes damn, maybe I need to check myself and maybe I need to be a little bit, humble myself a little bit more because she just lost another race. Because she's trying to be in, um, she was in, they're in Italy. She came in second place on the fifth. It's the Profantine, Prefontaine Classic. And it's in Oregon. So, she she's definitely, again, it's all babies. It's all she it's it's she just has to just be a little bit more careful with her words and be careful of who she's attacking because there are good, there's people out here that are trying to look out for her. And I feel like she, she's she's attacked, she's don't don't take it out on people like Allison Felix. Use that same energy on the track and just win. Because again, the media, when she came last place in that race, they were ready, they were ready, they were ready for it. You're ready. And she knew that. She knew it. But I really do hope that uh, I I just feel, because when she went off on Allison Felix, I said, that's enough. I got to talk about this, because Allison Felix said nothing wrong. And Allison Felix is someone that that can look up to. You You even have Usain Bolt. That's why it likes her energy, different things like that. So I really do hope she gets it together. And I really do hope somebody in that circle of hers pulls it to the side and goes, hey, like, Come back to Earth. like Come on. Um, Next, I wanted to talk about Naomi Osaka. Um, I do not have this in the description. I will talk about this. I will add it in the description. Um, A couple things. She decided to take another break from tennis after losing the U.S. Open against, um, I can't think of her name. It's going to bother me. Let me find it real quick. She lost to Leah Fernandez, who was ranked seventy fourth in the world. Um, I want to I want to sh- play the clip really quick, and I, I, I want you guys to understand. This is what I'm talking about, where we where we have to be careful with. Let me make sure I said my words right. The difference between Criticism, and being bullied as an athlete. I want you. I want you to understand where I'm coming from on this. Let me play
4: the clip. Sorry. Thank you. Naomi, if you could.
5: Just your thoughts on the match.
1: Um, thoughts on the match? I thought hmm, I thought I didn't play that well. Like, I, I didn't move that well at all. But it's kind of to be expected sometimes. Um, yeah. Um, I thought I served well, though, so. OK, thank you. Questions?
3: Ben, yeah, we've been out there New York times. i have had trouble this summer, I guess, especially against lefties. I'm just curious how much you found that tricky in her game, reading her serve especially, and how much.
1: Um, so I'm not really sure what to say, um, but I do think her
6: or disadvantage, and then
1: this tournament, um, I'm honestly not sure if I feel like I've taken a step today, or this tournament, um, I feel like I'm not really sure what I can say about how I played just now. That was pretty.
2: Hold on really quick. I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find the part where she talked about, because she, because it is, it's a, that's a seven minute clip, but it's in there somewhere but I'm going to just read the quote. So I feel like for me recently, I like when I win, I don't feel happy. I feel more like a relief. Then when I lose, I feel very, very, I feel very sad. I don't think it's normal. I honestly don't know when I'm going to play my next tennis match. I think I'm going to take a break from playing tennis for a while. Like, I, I like, like, like this, like we, she, we, you can tell she has, she, social anxiety. She's that's documented, but this is just my personal opinion of Naomi. I, I really think Naomi is afraid to be criticized. I can't, I'm going to say it one more time. I cannot ex- 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 say this enough athletes get you all know, the praise glory. They get all the criticism. When we criticize players, we're criticizing them based on performance. Now, did she have a, she, she had a, she had a decent match. I looked at the highlights. Listen, you're going to take losses. It's part, it, it's part of the game. We're not like, the, like everyone, there's no such thing as a perfect athlete. Michael Jordan, for example, the first eight, nine years of his career, he was getting bounced out the first round by Larry Bird and the Boston Celtics and Isaiah Thomas and the Detroit Pistons. But what happened? Every year, Lamar, I mean, not Lamar, Michael Jordan kept getting better and better. Before you succeed, you must first learn to fail. Hey, like, Naomi, like, listen, it's okay. Like, one loss is not the end of the world. I'm not, I'm not getting on her. I'm just simply, what I'm saying is, I think that there are just some athletes that cannot take criticism well, because I, did, I, talk, I talked about I talked about this in the previous episode in season two, where she started breaking down in tears because of a question that was asked about, hey, like you're getting all these sponsorships, you know, she's even she's got a new sponsor with uh, with some um, like sunscreen thing and. I'm I'm saying that the media does the media positively plays a role in that, but I think it was the way the question was asked. I think that's what people got in their feelings about it. But I'm just saying that what, what this shows, in my personal opinion about Naomi, is, is that if you're going to continue to do this. I, I, every there's nothing. I, I want I want you to I want y'all to understand this. There's nothing wrong with taking a step back from the game and saying I need to I need I need to take a break. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that. But I do think it's another thing after a loss and say to yourself, I don't know what my next tennis match is going to be. I don't know what that's going to be. I think she's afraid to get criticized because she feels as though the media is going to attack her and understand that's going to happen. Hey, listen, you, if you have a bad game, you haven't given it. listen, there are journalists that say cruel, like they say things that that are, that are over the line. For example, I don't, don't, don't attack me, Sean, if you're watching, but the Washington football team many, a few years ago, Monday, that football, they put the Philadelphia Eagles, Okay, got trounced at home. And the next night it was the Elijah, I mean the Dukes and um Oh my gosh, I can't get the radio station. Went off on them and said things that when you look at a back look back on, okay, he shouldn't have said that, but he understood his frustration. Why? Because he the team got embarrassed. It was like 40, it's like fifty-two, something like that. Michael Vick looked like the second coming of so like the second coming. He made they make Michael look, look like a god that night, but that's neither here nor there. I'm just saying with Naomi. Like, I understand that you mean to take a, take this another one taking a break from the game. I respect that. But I think the way you're doing it, people are going to go, Oh, see, like, why does she keep taking breaks like that? If she's going to read, I I think the biggest thing she needs to do, she has to rediscover her her purpose in the game, because listen, when, when, when this, when the Williams sisters talking about Serena and Venus, when they're done with this game, the torch may be passed to Naomi, but there's some other girls in uh, some girls also too, looking at Coco Griff, for example, that comes to mind. Some, some, some guys aren't built to, to be at, at the top. I'm not saying Naomi's not capable of doing that she can but I'm just saying that she's going to have to understand she's going to get praise and criticism all the time you're going to have bad games you're going to have x y and z but I think that maybe Naomi needs to take a step back and say to herself man what do I need to do now I'm not we're not I, I'm in no way should before my pressuring her to get back in the tennis but I think in the meantime, I think she needs to really sit back and discover and just really figure out what she wants to do. Because I, I really think media, I think just being in the, I just think being in front of the cameras, I just, I think plays a role. And I think I, you're seeing the others. I think you're just seeing her in front of the media like that. Again, where she's crying in front of, again, where, you know, crying and different things like that. And, and that's hard to see that some a little bit. It's hard to see that because you don't want to see any athlete like that. And and, and, and some people can really create mirrors and go, Oh, see, she can't, she can't take, she can't take losses. Well, but I think, I, I think personally, to wrap this up in conclusion, I just think that she doesn't, I think she feels like she's going to be criticized hard and that's not true. You're going to get criticized but not to the extent I think Naomi thinks she is. That's just my personal opinion. Um, really quick, um, I got to talk about the the Baltimore Orioles. We had an unbelievable – we had a comeback tonight. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say it was game of the year. I'm not going to go that far, but it was a great comeback. We won eight, nine to eight, five runs, eight runs in the – nine runs in the eighth inning. Um I don't know what to say. I saw the game when I was at work. Uh, we were down 5-0 and Matt, Ar- Matt Harvey did a horrendously bad job. Um, we looked completely like we just like 1-2-3 Cancun and um, Mike Myers for six innings looked like the second coming of Kenny Rogers, the pitcher, not the singer, rest in peace. Um, and then the bullpen just had to come in there and do its job. And then all of a sudden, we completely turned it around in the in the in the eighth. Um Serge Mullins drew a walk. And then in the previous inning, their reliever, I think his name was Joel something. Can't think of his name. Joe P. Joe Pam Pamap, something like that. He struck out all three batters in the seventh inning. OK, in, in, in your mind, right? OK, so let's say you go like, OK, you're up five. OK, you walk the guy. All right, that's not bad. All right, we're at five. nothing. No big deal, right? Brightman Cow sets a single. OK. Give will a walk, a single. We're up five, right? No, no, no big deal, right? No big deal. OK. Austin Hayes hit a double. OK. All right. They got one, but that's okay. We are up four. We up four. We're good. We're good. No problem. No panic. Okay. Mike Matheny, then that's a that's the Royals manager. He pulled out, pulled this reliever out to bring another guy in. Okay, we're we're, we're up four. No, no big deal for the Royals. All right. We, we we got this in the band. We okay. We got this guy, who will come in and do his job. Was a three two it was a three two count Pedro every ran out to play ball four okay then alberto Mondesi, who does who's who's a shortstop not a third baseman he had a he had it he had a a a great out he here he had a catchable out and for some unknown reason flailed at it i i don't <laughs> don't know what happened okay
3: Five, two. Okay, we're down three.
2: We're up three. No problem. You know, you know, we, we got this, you know. Come on, guys, let's get it together. Let's get it together. Five, three, five, two. DJ Stewart popped out. That's okay. Um I know Ramon Uraris has kind of last, last few games has had a leg injury, but hit a single okay y'all like it's 5-3 all right we're up to like come on like let's let's get serious talk about the Royals all right come on so Mike Matheny looked like he was about to cut somebody out because he was visibly pissed visibly pissed okay so this is the second pitcher in the same inning takes this this guy out brings another pitcher. um I think it was Jake Brent something like that all right all right Jamal Jones, two outs. All right. We're up. We're up. We're up. We're up to two outs. We got this. Calvin Gutierrez comes to the plate. 3-1 count. Ninth hitter in the the ninth hitter. He coming into that game, batting a 164, right? Okay. Like, in your mind, okay, I'm betting ninth, one sixty-four, I got two men on. I I, I got like th- th- this is my moment. I gotta step up for my team. Happens. Single to center field. Tied up five five. Okay. That's all right. We 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 just blew a five-run lead. Cool, all right? Sergeant Mullins comes back to bat because it's now back to the top of the lineup, right? Now, Sergeant Mullins popped up the right field. Lazy five fly, fly ball, in my opinion. Now, Hunter Dozer comes over to get it. And then their outfielder, Edward um, Oliveras, look I, I to me, miscommunicated, right? You clearly see Dozer calling for the ball. Something distracted Dozer to the point where the ball drops, okay? And you see they cut it, they cut the camera to the dug, Orioles dugout. Everyone's going crazy, okay? Juarez and, and Gutierrez score seven to five. We're up two now. Okay. Royals mount now. This is the complete meltdown of the, of the bullpen. And then Mr. Ryan Matt Castle with little sprinkles, little jimmies on top of the ice cream. Hit a two-run home run, making it nine to five. Now, you know, um, <laughs> then 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 came, you know, the, the, the top of the ninth. And um you see what happened was I, I didn't expect Dylan Tate to hit a batter who's been Dylan Tate, by the way, who's been ineffective. Um, he didn't allow it. We allowed an infield single, and we were one strike away, but from before, before an- Andrew Benatendi, um hit a hit a three run home run, which was now nine to eight. You see, what had happened was that wasn't the pitch he was supposed to throw. He was really supposed to throw a pitch on the outside, but um, yeah, Dylan D- Dylan Tate, you 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 choke on that, bro. Um, then tyler wells came in there retired carlos santana and we won the game um i i, I will really really say it was really disgusting it, it was it was a great comeback uh the winning pitcher was manny Bar- 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 barreda um i never heard of him until last year i had to do my i had to, I had to do my my googles um He's been he's been a journeyman. Fourteen years, he's been with four organizations. He's played in Mexico. He's made four hundred and ninety appearances. Taking it for before being on playing before being here, he threw a perfect eighth inning, and he got the win. So congratulations, um, Manny Manuel, excuse me. Well, we, we, I, I call him Manny. But um, I did not know who this guy was. he I, I had to look him up. He was drafted in the 12th round by the Yankees back in 07. And wow, okay. So we won. Good comeback. I'm, I'm really happy about that. Um, however, on the south side of things, uh, the, our, our bullpen for the Nationals, um, you see what happened was, uh, the bullpen just didn't have a great game. You know, we—it's we, okay. We're—we we are allowed to have bad games every once in a while, but um, you know, it just at, in, the, in the eighth inning, it just it all went to it all went to crap. Um, you know, we—I'm no, sorry, it, it just think just things happen. <sighs> um, I feel like. No, I'm sorry. I take it back. We won 42. I take it why am I Why am I saying it like that? Never mind. Why did I say that? Um, the Braves just had no answers for the bullpen. We did really, really great for eight innings. Um, Freddie Freeman got ejected. Um, i never seen Freddie Freeman get that mad before. Um, the bullpen did its job. Uh, eight and a half inning. I mean, Atlanta only managed five hits. Um, you know, again, the consistencies with my, my issue with Atlanta's is the consistency is the starting pitching uh, the offense was really quiet tonight. Uh, the fact that, but the Braves had, have, have beaten bad teams, but didn't do that last night, didn't do that tonight, but they'll have an opportunity to do it tomorrow. Uh, Now we had um, an ejection. It was Sean Nolan. He he hit Freddie Freeman, and uh, yeah, he, he 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 threw one behind him and hit him on the hip. That that that's it's kind of some ah. Freddie Freeman was ready to throw hands. Let me just say that. Because I think there's something about when you throw it at a guy behind at the head. I just think no, that's not right. But uh, it was a great win by the Nationals. Great win for the DMV. The Orioles came back and won. The Nationals won, and you know the NFL season is almost here for for us as well. So I can't wait. Um, that actually actually made my made my day, even though it was just a very long day at work. But um, I'm going to a couple things. I'm going to transition to the basketball, and that's going to be it for me for the night because we're now going on 1.30, And I've talked to you all for an hour and 20 minutes. Um, So I wanted to, real quick, just talk about the WNBA. I'm looking at the, I did a prediction for MVP, right? And I'll break this down more in episode five, but MVP at the moment I got to give it to John Paul Jones. Most improved player, Brianna Jones. Rookie of the year, and again I'm going. I'm going to go in depth, episode four on Friday. Okay, Um, because I was really surprised, and I had to look because. The number one overall pick is not really getting minutes. The number two overall pick is not really getting minutes. Aria McDonald is on a team that she really shouldn't be on, um, personally. Kaiser Gondrowski on personal leave still. I really hope she's okay. Uh, Chelsea Dungy. I, I don't really understand why she's not getting any minutes at all. Like, I mean, she's gotten some minutes, but like inconsistency, like we got the D- Dallas had five three picks in the first first five picks, and neither of them are getting the minutes I think they should be getting. Um, so my rookie of the year is Mich- Michelle on your Um I don't know if can how to pronounce that. I'm make make that right. On Jouer Day. On you On Um Drafted out of UCLA, the New York Liberty. That's my rookie of the year. Coach of the year. I'm stuck between Cheryl Reeves and Kurt Miller. That's a toss-up, but well, I'm going to go more in the depth with that episode four on Friday. But I really want to get into because I did talk about talk about more of this, and I wanted to play a, a real a, a, a clip um, of there's a conversation that was on Twitter between the um, talking about this this whole goat thing different things like that so I think this was a really good conversation and I'm going to give you my list because uh, I don't believe in this this goat talk stuff I, I don't I don't believe it I, I really don't but um, let me go ahead and play the video for y'all it's going to end the episode by the way too if it's 21 minutes I apologize and-
7: California who literally showed everyone everywhere that no matter where you come from, no matter what you're doing, you can make it. And I think that's also important. How, Mm. how you uh, like, how you appear to other people. We think about this league in its early stages versus where we are now. A lot of us at the time, I was like 12 years old when this league started. A lot of us at that time didn't see people who reflected us on any type of stage at that level. So to see someone like a Cynthia Cooper, who comes from a hood that I, you know, relate to being from Detroit, that meant something to me. And I'm sure that meant something to a lot of people. And I think that that is just some other accolades that she deserves outside of the four-time WNBA champion, outside of being, you know, four-time WNBA all-first team, outside of all that. Like, she's just all the way around one of the most phenomenal basketball players that we've ever been able to witness.
6: Yeah, I think the hard thing about Coop is this is the WNBA GOAT, right? And I would say that the majority of her best basketball, even though she was so good when she was in the league, you're right. She was older when she got here. And the-
2: Okay, so that's what I'm going to do. Okay, so I'm going to say that video for the end because I kind of want to get to my list um, real quick. So how I did this list, I, I, I look at it by – Impact that each generation had on the league. I, I don't believe in this this greatest of all time thing. I, I don't. I think that does a disservice to each player that's had its impact on each decade. When I look at the NBA, for example, right? I'm looking at Bill Russell. Will Chamberlain. El, Elgin Baylor. Jerry West. Okay. The 70s. Oscar Robinson. Pete Maravich. 80s. Magic, Bird, Isaiah, 90s, Michael, Carl Malone, Chuck, Chuck Barkley, John Stockton, Hakeem Olajuwon, David Robinson, 2000s, well, we can even put Shaq in the 90s too, because Shaq was drafted what, 92, by Orlando, yes, we can put Shaq in that list, 90s, 2000s, Kobe, Shaq. Different things like that. Each each generation has been an impact player. But I I, I this again, I, I blame media and I also blame, I hate to say this, casual fans for this conversation going, well, exact example, we talk about what with, with LeBron James and Michael Jordan. They're two different type players. I mean, listen, granted, I caught Michael Jordan at the end of his career, particularly when he played with the Washington Wizards, but the same Michael Jordan and Chicago. LeBron James is just a is a generational type, and that's a, a generational generational player that's had his impact on the game. But I don't consider him the greatest of all time, greatest generational player, because I think it's disrespectful. Again, the guys like Kobe, Michael, um, again all those other guys in in the previous decades. Now, when I look at the WNBA, right, the WNBA has been existing since ninety seven. I think it's a, a bit I think it's a bit unfair to say who's the GOAT because this this top 25 list each player has had their impact on the game okay so I'm just going to read off the names Cynthia Cooper Yolanda Griffith Lisa Leslie. I already said this in episode two. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just giving you a few names, but let me let, let me let me just go off by this list, okay? So, granted, a couple things that I wanted to point out. There are a total. This is on this is, I was this on w- WNBA.com. There's a total of 167 All-Star selections. Six point. I'll round it up seven per player. 22 members of the top 25 won a total of 53 championships an average of two per player four by simone augustus sue bird uh, oh my gosh cynthia cooper <laughs> i, mean, I was to say tia cooper my bad um cheryl swoops tina thompson lindsey whalen swin cash diana taurasi have three Sylvia Avalos, Lauren Jackson, Lisa Leslie, Cappy Pondexter, Katie Smith, and Brianna Stewart have two. And then Tamiki Catchings, Alana Deladon, Yolanda Griffith, Brittany Griner, Aguma Agumake, Candice Parker, and Tisha uh, Pensioniro have one each. Um, I really think this is a fair list, but what I'm going to do, right? I'm going to go off by by what I'm looking, because again, each each player has had its impact. Again, as I stated, on the league. Okay, so I want to show you my list. This is what I did, because I, I think this makes more sense to do it this way than what we're seeing. So I had to break it down. So. I obviously went by each year each decade right so we can arguably say you have tina thompson cynthia cooper cheryl swoops right all great lisa leslie tisha Yolanda griffith right had these three had an impact On the '90s, particularly when Lee came into play, Lisa Leslie too. Not taking away from that, right? Lindsey Whalen, Donna Tarasi, Becky Hammond was with the New York, the San Antonio Stars, and I want to say with the New York Liberty as well. Lindsey Whalen has a few rings with Minnesota. Donna Tarasi, you know, she's known as the White Mamba. Katie Smith is. Great, great, was a great guard. Lauren Jackson, too. But this is how I did it. Now, because I wish, I, I feel like this is how this should be done. I understand it's top 25 players, right? But Brittany Griner, to me, for example, she just stands out. Because I feel like she should be in the next generation, the next decade. But I understand why she's in this top 25. Because her, when she came out of Baylor, we knew what the type of impact player she was going to be. That's number one overall pick, we knew that. Now you also have Cappy Pondexter, Candace Parker, who came in her rookie year and won a championship with the Los Angeles Sparks. Brianna Stewart, let's just call it what what it is. You know, let's just appreciate the talent we're seeing with her, and and also to up until she became an activist, I mean, she's, always, she's always been an activist. Excuse me, let apologize, take that back. Maya Moore, Maya Moore, you know, from high from high school, college, pro, she's always been. a always winning. Um, again had their own impact. Now here are my uh snubs. Um Asia Wilson and Skylar Diggins-Smith, I'm they're going to be in the next decade. Asia Wilson is still young in this league. She she's she's got an MVP. She's been in a couple All-Star appearances. She just was in the in the finals last year she's competing to be in the finals this year again. Um Katie Nolan I that was tough. That was tough to put Nenahyver on this list. Um, Dawana Bonner, same thing. I feel like she's going to be in the next decade. Uh, Penny Taylor, that was hard because somebody had to come off this list. Um, this list was not. Candice Dupree another one. Uh, Delaysia Milton-Jones, I feel like should have got some consideration. Rebecca Brunson has five rings, and she definitely had her impact on the league. But i feel like this is how it should be there's really no there's no to me greatest basketball player of all time each player has had their impact on the game and i feel like that's that's to me that's the kind of conversation we should be having and gearing it towards not this you know oh this is the greatest W, w women's basketball player of all time i i just don't think that's i don't think that's fair to others that had their impact on the game I, I don't think that's great I don't, I don't think that's fair at all um that's to me let's just leave it at again they've all had their impact on the games differently because there's one game there's one goal it's one thing in mind they're doing it for the, they're doing it for the love of basketball and you know they showing it to you know society hey women can play basketball too and also too, keep in mind, uh I also want to point some of point this out. Up uh, some of these, some of these, these, these ladies also were mothers too, are mothers, and still played basketball at the same time. Just a random example. Candace Parker's one, Tina Thompson's one, uh Cynthia Cooper is another, um, Swin Cash. was another one? Uh no, not Brittany right Um Brianna Stewart it, 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 she her her spirit be a surrogate um Dawana Bonner is another example Skylar Diggins is another example I'm just saying like that, that I think that's how the list should be uh, and, you know top 25 is great not taking anything away from that but to say is there a goat can't do it I can't I can't do that and it, 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 I just don't think I don't really see what Labeling somebody the greatest greatest of all time is going to do, and you don't know what the next generation is going to look like. We'll come with an example like basketball, football, baseball. You don't know. Generation great generational player of each decade of each decades had their impact on the game in some way, shape, or form before, and these twenty five women have definitely made their impact and made their mark in the WNBA. And you have a group, a, a very good group of women in the league right now, young women that are doing their thing. Like I said, Asia Wilson's one of them, for example. Liz Cambage is another example. Just saying. But um, that's going to that's going to conclude episode three of, of Big Nick Talk podcast. What I'm going to do, I'm going to play that video. It's just just to just close it out. Just close it out. Um, that conversation, but again, I just don't, I want to send my congratulations to each and every one of those that made that list. It's well deserved. Um, again, I've I've always enjoyed watching the WNBA. I've been a fan. Again, I just feel like we just got to kill these narratives about the league. Uh, you know, watching some of these games, sometimes again, you know. With my mystics, can 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 get very frustrating. But at the end of the day, it's just one game. We just got to take one game at a time, and we just got to enjoy the games. You know, I, the WNBA can be successful. Um, you know, and it, it just it's going to take the you know Eric, the right people to get in there and kill the narratives about the league, all the pace, the you know different things like that. There are things that need to improve. Like I was reading somewhere, ah, actually, thanks, Nathan. Um, light bulb went off in my head. Bill Lambier, coach, former coach of the Detroit Shock, and um, now coaching the 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 uh, Las Vegas Aces, was on Twitter talking about um, he did an interview about the the players. Oh, I gotta find that. Where is it? it was really like it was really confusing for me when it happened actually let me do it like this because i i I quoted the tweet it was really kind of mind-boggling when he said this let me play it real quick
3: satisfied have you been with the league and overall with everything going on this year after the whole pandemic and the way they brought back fans and the way the season has gone what are your overall thoughts
5: yeah I think it's been a you know a tough year in many ways um, for the whole league you know it started off really slow with nothing to do and and the pandemic and blah 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 but you know overall I think they're, they're muddling their way through it. the one complaint that I have and the players have is the hotel situations we have right now are, are just terrible uh, like the hotel we're staying at right now, you can't get any breakfast. If you do, it's a stand in line for 20 minutes with people with no masks and lukewarm food, and that's not how the players should be treated at all. Um, they should be, we should be staying in much better hotels. Um, we checked in last night. There was 400 people in the lobby. Uh, in this type of pandemic situation, that's 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 not acceptable for the players. And hopefully, uh, they get the message. You now, the Players Association has complained. About the hotel accommodations, and um, here I am complaining also.
3: And how I satisfied have you game. been with the league and overall with everything going on this year after the whole pandemic and the way they brought back fans and the way the season has gone? What are your overall thoughts?
5: Yeah, I think it's been a you know a tough year in many ways uh, for the whole league. You know, started off really slow with nothing to do and, and the pandemic and blah blah blah. But you know, overall, I think they're they're muddling their way through it. The one complaint that I have and the players have is. hotel situations we have right now are are just terrible uh like the hotel we're staying at right now you can't get any breakfast if you do it's a stand in line for 20 minutes with people with no masks and lukewarm food and that's not how the players should be treated at all um they should be we should be staying in much better hotels um we checked in last night there was 400 people in the lobby Uh, in this type of pandemic situation that's 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 not acceptable for the players and hopefully uh they get the message no the players association has complained about the hotel accommodations and um here i am complaining also
2: okay um real quick let me just get my let me get put my my two cents on that that is absolutely disgusting um if this was again i i'm gonna go there if this was lebron if this was those los angeles lakers lebron james russell westbrook all them cats um they're getting top quality service that's just a fact. That's just that's just the way it is. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm just using them as an example. Um, regardless of who they are, like, hey, like, oh, the Los Angeles Lakers are here. Oh, they're going to close down the dining hall. The di- dining hall, and make sure they get their breakfast, warmed up everything. I think they should get the same. As vice versa, they should get the same respect. The Las Vegas Aces, the Dallas Wings, the Los Angeles Sparks, they should get the same respect when they go and get breakfast, just like any, any other team, like what's, and again, I, I just, I, I, I just feel like the, the, this is what this is. These are one of the things that has to be killed about women's sports. The same thing I did talk about in the, in that article, I was talking about where the, how the NCAA, you know, funded the men's Basketball more than the women. Women were making under a million, under a million dollars. You know. um, Not not getting the proper food, not getting uh, proper hotels, different things like that, proper weight equipment compared to men where they're eating hearty and different eating hearty and different things like that. But when you have professional league I mean, people could say what they want to say with the NBA, but you know, they don't—they don't really watch it. I mean, they'll watch trash in the NBA, or but that's neither here nor there. I'm not—I—I I just feel like those are things I would think that the Players Association would have addressed. That's what I feel like. Like I, I should like, and particularly in a pandemic, that's really not a good hotel to be at. If you have you're trying to check in there's 400 people standing in the lobby that is ridiculous uh what, what is there is there no no mass policy um you know what what what's the, the 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 rules you know i gotta stand in line to get breakfast in over 20 minutes are you serious like that's ridiculous i mean i could i might as well just go to chick-fil-a and get it and get and get maybe like two chicken minis with an orange juice before standing in line that they gonna have that served up and say my pleasure well and have a good day thank you for coming to chick-fil-a they're going to stand in line for some disgusting eggs that's probably not cooked lukewarm the toast is not really toast i mean it's not, it's not warm toast i could go to i'm just saying i could go to chick again chick-fil-a and get two chicken minis with an orange juice and that's done like that then saying they'd be at some hotel where lukewarm food, I got to wait in line for twenty minutes. That's ridiculous. We had the same issue last year in the WBA with the bubble, with the, the living accommodations, where you had pulled-up carpet, you had bag bugs, you had you know, infant, you know, just inadequate, just unsanitary living situation for some of the players. I'm glad it got fixed. And I said, no, that see, like again, like LeBron and them call that out to show that that they support the WNBA, but didn't happen, but let me get off that. Um, okay. I want to play this video and that's going to close. That's going to end the episode. But until then, I will see each and every one of you Friday. If you like the video, be sure to give it a thumbs up, comment down below your thoughts about the talks I touched on the day. Who do you think you're, what do you see your football team being this year? Do you see them winning? Do you see them losing? What do you see? Um, Give me your thoughts about Naomi Oscar and Shikari Richardson. Um, those that are WNBA fans, let me know what you guys think of the top 25 list. Um, who should be on the list? Who, who was missed on that list? I also didn't mention Carol Lawson. She should be on the list as well. Um, Orioles, Nationals. If you want to give, give me suggestions about other things to talk about on the podcast other than sports, which you can give, give me like a social topic. You can leave those comments down the below. Um, consider hitting that subscribe button and notification bells on. Uh, but with that being said, I'm out. Peace. Stay up.
6: Enjoy the rest of y'all's evening. I will see y'all. You- the, the best basketball of her life was probably played outside of the WNBA stage, mm-hmm. and that's just a, she's just a victim of the time, right? Um, But that conversation could also go for Lauren Jackson. I think Lauren Jackson, for a long time, was the best player we've ever seen in the WNBA, but she would take seasons off and go play for the Australia. You know, I think her, her time in the WNBA was kind of broken up. So even though she's a three time MVP, two time WNBA champion, five time, all defensive team led the league in scoring three times. Like she's someone that should be up in that conversation more for goat. But I think what we're saying is WNBA goat, like who banked the biggest impact in this league and and I kind of think it's Diana, Cheryl, Candace Parker, and Maya Moore. So for
4: me, Holly, I feel like uh, Cynthia Cooper um, ends up leading my list. You know, it's funny. I was one, I'm one of the people who found myself when I was talking about WNBA basketball saying Diana's the GOAT. And I still feel like she's right there for it. But when I had to use this criteria, I found myself pushing Cynthia higher. I also have Cheryl swoops there because of her dominance on both sides of the ball, right? Um, but I also think like, again, when you have this conversation, it's it's generational, it's it's local, it's where you live, what t- what the timing was. But when you talk about impact on the WNBA as well, I mean, you started the conversation, Holly, by saying, are you an MJ or a LeBron uh, person for the for the goat conversation on the men's side? And their conversation is very different than ours, but I would say like, I would say, we often talk too, about where the league was and how Michael Jordan also transformed the league. And I can say, when I think about the, the WNBA starting, and again, use that emotional factor, that what did it feel like factor, on top of all the stats and analytics, Cynthia Cooper comes to my mind before before Swoops does, and they're all great, right? Like, this is, this is a tough way. We're debating right now. This is a tough list mm-hmm. to make. But when I think about dominance, team success, also impact and timing, like, if Cynthia Cooper is it what she was? Is the WNBA what it is today? Like, she, like, it was a cultural impact, as also, you know, mentioned earlier in this conversation. And then there is a community aspect, which I do think she exists in, since that was a part of the criteria for this award as a coach and a community member. So, like, her as well. Um, As, you know, you might be able to ping at Diana Taurasi because um, you know, a, a lot of people are pointing out being a goat on both sides of the ball. It's not to say she's bad at defense, but she's far more known for her offense. And with Diana, you're talking about someone who not only leads the, the, the league, you know, all time in scoring, but this is also someone who made others better at the highest level. And isn't that what we often say makes a great player great who can also make others? So not only could she get her own shot off at the highest level, but she also is top five assists all time, you know. And then I'll throw one more name in there. On my uh, you know, people who also should be considered and her name was brought up earlier. I feel like Sue Bird, man. Damn, has anybody been more dominant longer than Sue? (laughs) Like Sue has won championships in 04, 10, 2018, 2020, has a chance at it this year. She's a 12-time All-Star, which is the most times for All-Star. She's the all-time assist leader. When you talk about impact on the game. You know, this is one of the greatest ambassadors of the game, period, and still playing. Like, I mean, I think Sue has a really great argument for this award.
8: Yeah, and I think that longevity, we don't give Sue and Diane enough credit for that. Like, that's part of your overall, like, profile, right, as a player in the WNBA. Your legacy. Because if you can't take care of your body enough— they both played overseas, came back to the US. If you make those sacrifices, if you find a way to stay on the court for what, 16 years, whatever it is now Sue, then that's impressive. And yeah, your accolades are gonna continue to stack because you stayed on the court. One quick thing, y'all, I have to address on Twitter. It looks like this guy's name is Levy Moore. Levy, if you in the building, I'm about to call you out. So uh what
6: Levy, what'd he do you do? What'd he do? Levy,
8: Levy just bought up a very good conversation that I just need to put to bed. Stop saying the best two-way player to ever play the game. The game has two ends of the court. I said this earlier. And I think because we can use that designation of best two-way player, we take those people aside in the MB- MVP conversation. Stop it, Levy. We're not using two-way player. There what's, is wrong oh, what's wrong with the term? What's wrong
6: with the turner? No, I saw this. He, yes. and he wants to meet up. Can we just just all agree right now, Tamika Catchings is the best defender to ever play in this game, but she was limited as a scorer at times. I remember playoff games where it was just like, oh, if she would just score more consistently, I don't think she is in the conversation as a GOAT as a scorer. I don't and see any shame. I, I
4: don't. I don't see any shame in labeling somebody as a two way player. I'm I'm lost. No, enough. no, no. A
8: two way player, like when it when they are in the go conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like saying like taking them out of the MVP or the or the or the go conversation because they're a two way player. Like to me, mm. we say that too often. And I agree with you, Holly. Like Timika was a much better defender than she was on the offensive end, but overall her impact on the game, like when you just watch it end to end rebounding, you know, we talk about offense and defense, but what about rebounding? What about extra possessions? What about sweat equity? <laughs> like I just, when I left the game after watching her play, I wanted to change my life.
6: Like, I wasn't doing <laughs> yes. enough. Right. We uh, all do. Are you going hard enough? <laughs> right. No. <laughs> all right. But, but you know what? She's not in that category with championships. Like, I, I think we haven't talked enough about, Ooh. I think you have to have a certain number of championships to be in this conversation. And so for me, like, the, like I, I really believe Candace Parker has been the best player in the world at times and, and should be considered as a GOAT but she only has one WNBA championship. And that's really the only thing to me that is marking her legacy. Now, is that her fault? Because the Sparks couldn't ever surround her with the right people or the right coaching at the right moment. But Diana with three championships, Cheryl at four, Maya at four, I think that, puts them in a rare goat air.
8: Yeah, but, like, Tamika, did they have a lottery pick in Indiana the whole time she was there? I mean, look Ooh. at – listen, look at – think about what Diana didn't have as much as some of those others, but she had Cappy. Come on, Cappy is a game-changer. She had Brittany Griner. She's a game-changer. Like, so many of these other people we talk about, and that's – I agree that championships should be taken into consideration, but you also have to look at were they even in position – to do that. And it's not Indiana's fault. The one championship Tamika Catchings did win. She did it with a team that no one would have picked out of a lineup to win a WNBA championship together. But you would have done that. With Katie Douglas out that that year, Katie
6: Douglas was out.
8: Yeah. Yeah, Katie Douglas was out. I mean, odds were stacked against Catch like nobody's business. And so for her to even squeeze that one championship out was a miracle. All
4: right. All right. So, LaChina, I want to throw this at you. You're our resident big girl here. You know, what about the big girls? You know, what about the Lisa Leslie's, the Sylvia Fowles? Where do they stack up in this conversation?
8: You know, I think it's hard for, for bigs in this conversation because all of us know, as much as I'd hate to admit it, when a game is on the line, when there's a clutch situation, when there's a big play, the ball is usually in the hands of guards. So, you know, we've been asked this question over and over again. What was your top WNBA moment? My poor bigs, the only WNBA moment we get is if it's a block or if it's a dunk, right? But if you are a guard, you can hit a game-winning shot. You know, you're Teresa Weatherspoon, which some people feel like she should have been on this list. You know, you can hit maybe the most memorable shot in WNBA history. Or there's 1.7 seconds left when Maya Moore hits that three in Indiana. No one is getting the ball in the post. So while I don't think it's fair, and I absolutely think that Lisa should be considered, Sylvia Fowles is, I mean, and she's another one who has. Yeah, is yes. on yes. my list She has taken yes. care of, I mean, she has maybe the best, physical like the way that she has survived all these years and accomplished all this is her body like she is obsessive about being in shape about her strength about all those things and that's why she's an immovable force but you know unfortunately my bigs have gotten a little lost in the conversation but sylvia Fowles could be the one by the time she retires to be that that center that we're like okay and Brittany griner i would say both of them because Brittany still hasn't even won her mm-hmm. first mvp what is she 30
6: what about Tina Thompson? Have you guys even considered her for, for this conversation at all? Or yes. No? You she know, it's funny she got
4: lost. She got When I was thinking about the comments, she got lost to the Cynthia Cooper and, and Cheryl Swoops discussion, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah.
6: But she was such a huge piece of that. And she had a longer career, you know, went on to do other things longer than they did, um, which I thought was well, important. Well, Rory, yeah.
4: Rory sent in on Twitter using hashtag WNBA Goat he said Tina Thompson is his choice. Uh, we got a lot of comments, love here. Cheryl swoops from Chris Hairston. Um, and let me see who else is up here. We had a few other votes. Well, they got taken down. I want to um make sure we get to this part com- part of the conversation as we kind of come to the end towards the end of our whole spaces here. Let's talk about who we would have liked to see on the list. Now, I want to, you know, I just want to point out this isn't like doing a um all-star vote for one season where we can say, all right, who would you take off if you put this person on? Like we're talking about bodies of work, y'all. So I feel like the, I'm not interested in saying who should come off the list because there these are this is a celebration of legacies. Um, however, it is interesting to say who could meet four of the seven criteria discussed and could have b- been put on the list. So I'm curious who you would have liked to see and perhaps give some flowers in this moment to them.
6: Starts and stops with Deanna Nolan. It is an absolute travesty that Tweety Nolan's not on the list. I'm so mad about that. I can't even see straight. If anyone saw her play in person, she's one of the best. I would say she's one of the top five players I have ever seen play in person in my lifetime. And that she's not on this list makes me so crazy. I can't even see straight. That's that people need to get their heads checked for Tweety Nolan not to be on this list. Yeah. I mean,
4: that's the whole point of this, be giving out the flowers. Um, And I think too, when it comes to GOAT, sometimes it's around like the time that you were most, you know, the time that you were alive and able to watch. It also has to do with where you were born and raised. Like for me, Holly, you know, I'm gonna go to my New York Liberty uh, roots here and coming from New York. um, I think, I think Teaspoon, Teresa Weatherspoon, I would have liked to see her
0: Oh yeah, I would like to see
4: her name on the list. Um, I absolutely think, you know, she's someone criteria wise that could have made it as far as statistical, um, candidacy. You know, this is somebody who, um, was a five-time all-star also a hall of famer, but that's not part of the criteria. Um, you know, was WNBA second team. Um, you know, she has made, uh, She was a steals champ. She's made her mark with assists. Steals was a defensive player of the year. Twice, again, talking about cultural impact. She was the first ever DPOY in 97, repeated in 98. I mean, obviously for Liberty fans, for WNBA fans, you think about the shot that she hit the iconic shot in game two of those 99 WNBA finals. And here's the thing, like when you think about, no, she didn't win any championships, but the, the New York Liberty were held back by one of the dominant sports eras of all time in the Houston Comets. Like the, in number in a number of sports, when we think of dynasties, we think of great players who never got a chip because their timing just inter, intercepted with another juggernaut. And so I definitely think the New York Liberty, I might be biased, but you know, was right there, knocking on the door was in finals, but just kept coming short to that dynasty. So, Definitely think that um, Teresa Weatherspoon could have had her name included on the list.
8: Who else did you guys have? Sorry, my phone doesn't like spaces.
6: We said Deanna Nolan and Teresa Weatherspoon. Okay, Rebecca Brunson. And I've got one more salty shout out. Natalie Williams is one of the best (laughs) players that played in the league that nobody seems to ever know about. So I had to get my Natalie Williams love in here because... She was a beast, and people don't appreciate her. She okay, was my favorite. Go, so she was on. she was my favorite. You no, don't. I
8: think Rebecca Brunson. I've her. said that, and oh yeah, you know, to make this list of twenty five, she just was so underappreciated. Like it, no one else has five five rings, but Brunson. Like I don't. I, it, it's it's history that we don't know will ever. Like if Sue Bird, if Seattle does not win five, uh, win another championship this year, who's the next person that can even win five? I, I don't know who that would be like anytime soon. Right. Stewie. Mm-mm. Well, yeah, but she's got, Stewie, yeah, maybe. but that's years away. So what Brunson has done, we don't know if it will ever be
6: done again. Yeah. And yeah, I voted for her on my 25. I voted for her. Like, I'm kind of shocked that she wasn't on there. I, I want to shake these people. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> I know.
8: I know. I just she just in her tenacity, and I thought Deborah Peters had a nice feed on just you know how she came to work every day, never complained. Like she's easily in that top twenty-five list. Not in the go discussion, but definitely in the top twenty-five. She's 6'2 and was our all-time leading rebounder. At six-two, she flowers. led the league at all time in rebounding. Come on now, give flowers. Tarika,
7: <laughs> did you have something to add, Cindy? Well- I know you- <laughs> I, actually, what I was going to say is it, it's a little a little off from what you guys are discussing, but just some of the players that were on the list that I was actually surprised and not surprised as in to say they don't deserve to be on the list. But just surprised that so many people thought of them in this conversation. Um, Like, I think I look at an Angel McCautry and in my mind, I just feel like Angel still has so much left to give the game that I'm surprised. That, you know, she that she would be in the conversation so soon for being the GOAT. I just feel like there's still so much left that Angel has the same thing for, you know, when I look at Neka Ogumke. Absolutely. She's one of the best players in this league. And I was surprised not to say she didn't deserve it. But just surprised that people put her that far on this pedestal already. Just because I just feel like there's so much that she has left to give women's basketball that, you know, maybe prematurely calling her the GOAT win in a couple years after you know she's won more championships, after she's, you know, added a few more all-stars to her already, you know, exclusive extensive resume. I just feel like there were some players on this list who still have so much left to give the W, (coughs) that maybe it feels a little premature that they're already here, but I don't know how to say that without it being, like, you know, offensive or defensive to them, because it has nothing to do with what they've earned, but everything to do with how much left they have.
8: Tariqa. so she still
7: talking? No, I'm
8: done. Oh, Tariqa, you know I had to jump in here on this. Angel McCarty. I mean, Holly...
7: Ron,
6: y'all if you didn't, I was. I've been holding my tongue. I've been <laughs> I mean, holding my y'all tongue. Y'all can
8: jump in on this,
6: but it. I did. She took Atlanta to her three straight finals by her Like on. I
8: didn't even blink when I saw her name. Like there's there's nothing close about Angel McCarty being on that top twenty five. Not not even. I, I did. I, I blinked.
7: Yes. She believed. I did. I can't <laughs> <laughs> lie. I blinked.
8: <laughs> Wait, Latina,
4: you're nope. saying you're saying that it wasn't a problem for you and Oh, was. it was a
8: no-brainer. In fact. If there was a top, she's a like yes, top ten. I was gonna say she was
4: probably would have been on a top ten list. I mean, I, I, that's me. Yes, and I'll throw I'll throw this one in in defense of Neko Agumike. She was the only player on that top twenty five that checked all seven of the boxes.
7: This is facts. This is facts. She did
6: so. I give you that. Yeah, but she's only got one championship. Yeah. You know, like she like I just feel like unless you've got multiple championships, it's hard, it's hard to make that case yes
4: but if community and impact off the court matters which they said in the criteria for this award it did or for this distinction it did you can can claim the leadership and the impact that Neka Agumake has made as the president of the Players Association over the past couple of years. Now. Oh, she might be the goat if we were if community was at
8: the correct. top of this list. I mean, she's probably yeah. the goat of that. I mean, I don't know if there's a okay. player that's had a greater impact in her time. CBA and, and bubble. All I mean, yeah,
6: nobody. Hey, did we forget to talk about Simone Augustus? Because I feel like if we would have had a healthy Simone Augustus, she could have been right up there for GOAT Conferences. Break it
4: down. Agreed.
6: Four-time WNBA champion. You know, she kind of falls into that Cheryl Swoop Cynthia Cooper category where she had so much talent around her that sometimes she was overshadowed by Maya. But um, in her prime, that probably didn't do it long enough consistently, but in her prime, Simone Augustus, it was one of the best, if not the best player in the day. Yeah, and, and it's sad, too, with her injury situation
8: because, I mean, I, I think she would have been even so much more. And that's a great point. You know, there are some players that kind of fell off for various reasons, and that's not her fault and, <clears throat> and not anyone else's, but it, it's hard in Minnesota. It's really hard yeah. <laughs> when you get to Minnesota. You're splitting hairs. Like,
4: I'm mm-hmm.
8: this player just because I think she had, like, I mean, Katie Smith, You know, like, I I think she's underappreciated. Like, she was a killer. She was an absolute on both ends of the floor now. Like, Kadia, too. You know, they say white men can't jump. And Katie was like, oh, white women can't play defense? Let me show y'all something. right. (laughs) I was thinking about that. Bulldozer. Bulldozer. I so strong, tough. Like, yeah, I I don't think she gets enough credit either for for what she did in, in her time in the league.
4: And swag on a million. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so um, you know, as we kind of come to a close here, I want to ask if y'all have any just final thoughts or feelings you want to share about
6: the making of this list. Lists are so hard and I hate them, but I think it's really fun for conversation and I like hearing what other people have to say. Um, but I, I'm just so frustrated that Rebecca Brunson and Tweety Nolan aren't on the list. So they're on my list, just know that. And um I think it's really fun conversation and it's TBD, who's the goat. You know, Diana Terazi and Phoenix Mercury, she she has a chance to seal her legacy right now. They compete for WNBA championship this year again. That might be the GOAT rap. Yeah. I mean, I just I love
8: this conversation. Thank you guys for for having it and for everyone for to for joining us because to me, we have to continue to talk about the history of this league. You know, so we have so many new fans that don't know about the Houston Comets. There's no more Charlotte Sting. Like, these teams have gone away. These players, you know, are, are no longer in the fold. And so I just love that we can continue to talk about the history, but also looking ahead based on the high level of play that's on the court right now in this league and be excited about, you know, what's doing in Asia will do in the future and just all the, the great things happening, especially with, with our Olympic team going for seven straight goals. Like, we're the best in the world. Like, the WBA is 144 of the best players in the world, and I just think it's an honor that we can have conversations like this. And passing it down to the fans, too, y'all.
0: First of all, listen, uh, it's interesting about all these young guys today. They never call on us and say, hey, thanks for the kind word and tell me how great a player I am. But when they play like crap and we call them out, they, we don't know what we're talking about. Listen, I'm easy to find, but I get sick of these guys complaining. Uh, these young guys, they never call us and say, when a coach is wrong, I'm going to call them out. But when players are wrong, I'm going to call them out. But listen, I'm going to criticize guys that they deserve it. And listen, they can kiss my ass if they don't like it. <laughs>